Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to this week's May Checks at Discussion Group Call for Tactical Sovereignty. Um, you know, a lot of times, well, not just a lot of times, <laughs> most times, you know, because this podcast is done every Sunday night, um, people don't realize how much time it takes to plan and set things up. Uh, a lot of times when I have guests, for instance, it may take up to a month as far as getting things formatted, what we're going to talk about, because we have to exchange back and forth and then go and get things set up and then they can't figure out how to use TalkShoe and, you know, different stuff like that. And, and then not just that, but if I'm flying solo like I am this evening, then there's going to be, you know, what topic are you going to be covering? All right. And do you have to go and gather research and put things together uh, and draw out an outline for the podcast. And when I was first starting to do those, and I would draw an outline for the podcast, uh, the outline, I never really followed it. <laughs> um, I, my mind would take me off in other directions, and I would look back and maybe hit some of the key points, but it really wasn't even important to draw an outline like that. And I think a lot of people that do podcasts and do talk shoes or YouTubes, I've heard many of them say the same thing. But yesterday I was listening to a premiere of a uh, Crow 777 uh, YouTube. And a premiere, of course, it's one that had been recorded maybe months earlier, it's just being replayed, right? And in that, uh, there was a statement made that um, nobody knows how we are tied to the state. And nobody is able to explain it or has ever explained it. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. I, I've talked about that many times. And then it dawned on me that I've never done a single podcast or a talk show where I kind of laid it out and explain kind of the one, two, threes of this is how it works. Um, this is how it was set up in history. And this is how it works today. So tonight I'm going to do, uh, basically I just named this the ties that bind. most people would feel like well you're born here you live here and therefore yeah you, they have jurisdiction over you uh just like the calf that's born you know to the cow in the field it belongs to the farmer that owns the field <clears throat> and that is really the old way of thinking um think of that as the old world order People need to always kind of keep that in the back of their mind. 
we, we hear a lot about the new world order. And so in order for there to be a new world order, that means there had to be an old world order. So when we look at different information, stuff we research, we, we kind of have to keep that in the back of our head a little bit. Okay. And the constitution um, for the United States of America, it talked. that because when you look at that in the constitution crimes against the law of nations law of nations was capitalized which means it's not just a general idea it's something specific well what is a specific thing this specific thing is actually a book called the law of nations <laughs> and it is a compilation of law uh that was put together that has existed from prior to the times of Egypt up to today. And it was all put together in, guess what? Statute form. It's four books basically compiled into one. And it doesn't really have chapters and stuff like that. It's, it's more like statutes. And you look at each of the statutes. And which I found pretty fascinating. Um, that came out, I think, just prior, maybe 20, 30 years prior to the Constitution. But anyway, the Constitution referred to it. So that means that the, the concepts of law nations is built in uh, to the United States of America. And into the United States. If you read the preamble for the Constitution, the preamble lets you know that this was a compact that was created for the United States of America by the United States. There's two different entities right there identified. I think people should pay attention to that. And in uh, the Law of Nations, you'll find that when it comes to the relationship, that's mostly what the Law of Nations talks about. It talks about the relationships between different countries, the countries and the people, and the people's relationship to the country. Um, or in the Law of Nations, since it's an old book, it talks about the people's relationship to the Okay. And it covers popular sovereignty, which is really how um, the United States of America or even the United States is founded today because we always hear that they operate by the consent of the governed, all right? What is this consent of the governed? That is popular sovereignty. Popular sovereignty means the sovereignty of all the people has been transferred over to uh, the representatives of the government. You no longer hold individual sovereignty. It has now been handed over. Um, uh, there's a judge, I was reading something that had stated that essentially you give over your power of attorney to whoever your representative is. So you're no longer holding your sovereignty. You're giving that over to the representative of the area where you live, whoever the congressman is, uh, the representative, the senator, whatever the case may be. So how do 
they have ties that bind us. One of the things that I find interesting when I started researching all this is looking at other people's comments and attitudes. And people were saying, well, I didn't ever do anything. I never gave consent. You know, I never gave over jurisdiction, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> Which actually everybody has done, whether they knew it or not. I say, well, I'm not going to participate in this stuff. I, I shouldn't have to fill out anything. Uh, that's all bogus. It's all bogus anyway. It's fraud. And, of course, they say, you know, fraud vitiates everything. Yeah, that's a maximum law. Fraud does vitiate everything when it's brought up. If it's not brought up, then it's accepted. People don't realize that. It stands as law, just like an affidavit. It stands as truth in commerce unless it's rebutted. Same exact situation, right? And for people to say, well, I shouldn't have to do anything. I shouldn't have to do any paperwork or whatever to freaking say adios to the system. It's like, oh, wait a minute. But you did a bunch of paperwork to get into the system. And then they're like, huh? Yeah, you did. Uh, whether it was done by you through power of attorney of your parents when you went into school or when they requested um, the social security number with the, through the SS5, when you went to get a driver's license and you checked off that box saying, yes, I am a U.S. citizen, which, by the way, there's no definition of a U.S. citizen anywhere. I hate to tell people, I've asked many people, and everybody comes back to me and says, oh, here it is right here. I said, no, this shows a definition for citizen of the United States. I'm, I'm looking for the definition of a U.S. citizen, because that's what they say. That's what they have in their paperwork. U.S. citizen. Our, yes, I am a U.S. citizen. Okay, what is a U.S. citizen? That's never defined anywhere. That's just a total gray area, okay? And when you get into looking at what the U.S. citizen is, because that's the first tie that binds, okay? The U.S. citizen is your certificate of live birth. That's the registration of a U.S. citizen. That's the creation of a U.S. citizen. Look into vital statistics. Look into their blogs. Look into what they say. That's what they say. <clears throat> and they started with the word unfortunately. But they said, unfortunately, the birth certificate is not a valid form of identification because it is not evidence of a citizen. That right there tells you all you need to know. That certificate of live birth is the citizen. So you and I are physically not a citizen, but we can have a citizen. We can possess a citizen. 
is what it really comes down to. And it's interesting that, that the system looks at people, and, and I, I've heard judges and attorneys mention this, that they, they look at you and the citizen as one and the same. Well, to me, that's, uh, what is it called, narcolepsy? I mean, uh, worship of the dead or personification. You know, you're combining <clears throat> an artificial entity with a real entity. Or a real entity is breathing life into something artificial, rather. <clears throat> and to me, I've got a little bit of a problem with that. I mean, I, you, that starts creeping into idolatry and different things. And so the, that's their first step right there is through the citizenship. Um, a certificate of live birth isn't even really supposed to be used for identification. Like I said, they, they said that that's, it's not a valid form. In fact, I've read things that say, do not use this as identification. I've been in the Social Security office here in this county, and at the window of each place you go into, they got a little sign there that says, we never accept, and they have never underlined, we never accept the birth certificate as identification. I should tell you something right there. I had a lot of people contact me, and they're like, but Brian, you can't get a driver's license in this state without a birth certificate. And I'm like, okay. I've got a little bit of time here. What state are you in or on? They tell me, I said, let me get back with you in 10 minutes. 10 minutes later, I get back with them. And link for their secretary of state office that lists all the forms of identification that can be used. And nothing there says that the birth certificate is the only thing that can be used. Uh, there's multiple things that can be used. But uh, they easily put us into this trap of using that artificial entity they created. And when we represent that artificial entity they created, that is the tie that binds. Bottom line, right there, that is the tie that binds. Because what do they have authority over? What do they have jurisdiction over? People have heard me say over and over again, you can't go to your neighbor's house and tell your neighbor's kids what time to go to bed. Why? You didn't create them. They're not yours. You don't have jurisdiction there. You can only tell your own kids what time to go to bed. Okay? Same exact situation. So that's what they did. They know. Just in contract law, you have authority over your own crap. And so what they do, they created their own crap. They created an artificial entity when you're born with a name that looks very similar to yours. Um, in the video from judicial television, they even talk about how the certificate of birth, or they'll just say birth certificate, um, is the evidence that an organization was organized. They refer to it as an organization. This isn't quite the case, but that's the terminology they used. But they created an artificial entity right there. And if you are going to represent something that they created, then you're subject to their laws. Just like when I'm at work as a casino dealer, if 
I'm acting in the capacity of a casino dealer. I am responsible to follow the rules of the casino. If somebody works at Burger King as, you know, a clerk in there or, you know, flipping burgers, they are responsible for the duties and responsibilities that are laid out in uh, their employee handbook because that's the capacity they're operating in. And people today are unknowingly operating in the capacity of an artificial entity. They're wearing the wrong hat, okay? They're not wearing the hat of an actual man or woman. They're, they're wearing the hat of this artificial entity. And so guess what? Therefore, they have to abide by the rules and regulations, and now they are under the jurisdiction of the entity that created that artificial entity. And I think, in a nutshell, that should pretty much sum it up. That is the tie that binds. The same thing happens with all of the things that have been created by them. Even with, like, Social Security, for instance. Many people have tried to, for instance, get rid of the Social Security. Well, you can't get rid of it. You didn't create it. They create it when you're born. And Social Security will tell you, if you want to get rid of it, the only thing you can do, they say, well, just quit using it. And to me, that is so simple. Quit using their crap. If you don't want to be tied to them, quit using their crap. If you're using their stuff, you're liable to them. Quit using their stuff if you don't want to be attached to them. Now, there's also another avenue that can be taken. And uh, this falls under what's called the arm's length doctrine. I've almost never heard this talked about. But when I found this and started researching it, I was like, whoa, whoa, this is a big answer right here. To me, this is as important as setting up a PMA or a private association as the arm's length doctrine. Because this is actually what the realm has used. They've used the arm's length doctrine. And to best explain that, um, the Department of Motor Vehicles, the DMV, is a privately held organization. Most people don't know that. It's actually a private association. It falls under the AAMVA. All of the USA, right? It's private. But most people see it and they think it's government. But it's just contracted with the government. That's all it is. Uh, for instance, uh, I know a, like a registration in Florida, however much it costs, 80 bucks, say, for instance. Only $5 of that goes to the state of Florida. The rest, it goes into the coffers of the private association called the DMV, Department of Motor Vehicles. And because what they've done is they've utilized the arm's length doctrine. They have contracted with another entity to enforce things for them. That way it's not directly them. Everything they do, everything the state does, everything the realm does, they don't do directly. They do it through another entity. That's the arm's length doctrine. Which led me in the direction that I utilized. Then fine, I'll utilize the arm's length doctrine. 
And for that, I use um, the DBA, doing business as. Oh, you've already created an entity? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do with this entity. I'm going to take it over, and now I'm going to operate through that entity instead. How about that, guys? And I've had no problem with it. All right, that pretty much sums it up. So if you are unmuted and don't want to be, go ahead and mute yourself back out. And I will open things up for everybody. We can chit-chat and discuss some of the nuances of this. Because um, I will say, if you are unmuted, believe me, on these calls, you can hear everything that goes on in the background. All right. That just unmuted everybody. So even if you had yourself muted, it unmuted you again. Sorry about that. That's just the way this format works. Um, so you can all go in one by one. Go and meet yourself back out if you prefer. Anybody has something to bring up? Go for it. Because this is, I believe, probably about one of the most important topics. How we are tied to the state and what you can do about it. Well, I think we know what to do about it, right? Well, I know what to do about it. I mean, <laughs> stumble on something and say, oh, I'll go do that. No, I would stumble on something, say, for instance, like the DBA, and I would study it like in depth all day, every day, as if it was a job for two or three months. So I knew all the nuances of it, what to do with it, what not to do with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, once people get over the brain fry, it's not going to be too hard for them to operate in the private and voting with their dollars. I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. We are going to see a trajectory <clears throat> because everybody is moving private. Um, those that are middle class and upper middle class and that understand this, run their own businesses, things like that, um, second chances are, are not being given either. Does that make any sense? Yeah. It, I, I, think, I think what we see today, you know, you see, seeing the same thing in India, is they're getting rid of... Oh, Brian, we got to fix your media. I think a lot of what we're seeing today, a lot of the day, they're getting rid of a lot of the middle class and eliminating that. Because uh, the upper class have figured out how to operate in the private, and that's the way people are supposed to be working. Well, I'm and, heavily tied to India, and I can tell you that it's not going to happen there. Um, they, they're kind of going through what the 60s kids went through, and it's, it, they're not taking it. Um, at all. So it's, it's not going to happen there. Uh, that attempt is failing miserably. And because of many of us that are journalists, international journalists, are connected over there, <clears throat> we're helping 
we're helping them to do the same thing that UnGuru is. Many, many avenues. Uh, because you're right, India has the highest middle class and upper middle class. And their attempt at some dog millionaire just, you know, uh, was just not a depiction of India at all. Let me ask you a question. How yeah. come, when I, and I still find it today, but especially when I first started researching things, you know, five years ago or so, and I was looking into different state laws, federal laws, constitution stuff, that four or five lines down in a search, it would take me to the laws of India. Why wasn't it taking me to the laws of England or to the laws of Australia? It was always taking me to the laws of India. That's interesting. Um, phase, phase three is really going to be connecting the quadrants uh, in our countries because you are seeing a dramatic exit of all systems and those that are on any teams and media, what, what you're seeing is a huge wave of people that won't be opting to scientific socialism and will be shaming their uh, community um, public servants. So there, again, there will be a lot of law people that are on from varying different, what I call nation states, and talking about the same thing about what they're doing there, talking about moving around to like-minded communities where their public servants actually serve them, and how their circles are closing as well. Um, that's really, really huge, is circles are really, really closing. You really have to know people now. People are not taking second chances on anyone. Um, I've, I've got somebody here. I've got somebody here. I, okay, oh, sorry. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Because well, I, I've got a guy here that I uh, talked to, but yeah, go ahead first. Well, I mean, first of all, I didn't hear an answer to that question. Second of all, um, how about the East India Company and the Indian Registration Land Act? You know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Native Americans and tribes. And then I want to go back to this whole idea of money because it seems to me that at this point, if I can figure out that everything is supposed to be ran on credit, that the banks are the only ones dealing with Federal Reserve Bank notes as opposed to the Federal Reserve notes. I mean, it seems to me, like my question and how it goes back to the Secretary of State in the state is what happens when someone sends all those licenses back? I mean, isn't there a collapse? Doesn't the merger doctrine happen? I mean, does that actually really just uh, separate? From the state, Brian? You well, there, there's, yeah, that would go into uh, a lot of, gosh, that, that could be a podcast in itself to talk about the East India Company. And that, that's what really originated everything and held the deeds to the land for the king. And, you know, one of the things I tried, it might seem over the side, but it's not, is that when you look at slavery, and the USA. Um, a lot, a lot of times you'll hear them referred to as indebted servants. You know, what I mean? and people need to realize that whenever there's a reference 
being an indentured servant means that you know in an, an indenture is part of a contract okay and they were contracted in so were in the USA in 1600 and after is that they were indentured to the king they held the land for say maybe seven years they immediately had to start taking care of it they had to turn a profit which some of it went back to the king and at the end of the time they buy the land um, and have it free and clear and there, there's a couple avenues they could take but this was being done from the onset and so that's what they did with the supposed slaves as well which I would I would say that they were actually I think it's ridiculous to think that And the money and credit and all that work because play how the elite work. They they work with credit because this is a credit based system. It, it's not a money of substance backed system, and that's just the way it is. Uh, a lot of people right now. Right. I mean, are, so, but I'm sorry. I was gonna say a lot. A lot of people are not claiming that this whole great reset. They don't understand. It's way bigger than they think. It's a change of mindset. It's a change of the way everybody's going to be operating. It's not just dealing with what kind of dollar you're going to use. A lot of people are saying that this Great Reset is going to eliminate the Federal Reserve note, and we're going to go to a cryptocurrency. Well, number one, I would say that fact is, is that over 97% of Federal Reserve note money is handled in credits. It's not handled in physical currency. So technically, you're already on a freaking cryptocurrency, okay? And strictly to a cryptocurrency and without any fiscal money because this economy today depends on fraud and theft and illegal activity. That's what props up everything. Uh, there was a talk that Catherine Austin Fitz a few years ago, and people can find it on YouTube. It's called her, I think it's called her red button speech. Okay. And she was in front of a bunch of bankers, real estate people and things like that. And she was talking about the economy and how the economy works. And what she said, what she asked them, she said, we, if we could eliminate all fraud all theft, all illegal activity right now, coming up and hitting this red button, who's willing to come up and do it? <clears throat> Not one of them would come up and do it because they know that's what props up all of the pensions U.S. So there's no way it could go to a strict, strictly to a cryptocurrency and not have physical uh, money. I made a comment about that in the chat section. Um, today's world, the third party, is not the tax man. It is the insurance agent. Every contract has to be bound by sureties on both sides. This is insurance. That, that's why Walter Burian, Walter Burian, okay. you know, people say the world is run by banks. Walter Burian says absolutely not. He, he's been on our, on our podcast before. Walter Burian says the world is run by insurance, not by the bank. Even though the insurance in the background is run by the banks, but anyway. 
Go ahead, dear. Um, yeah, it is all insurance. There is a, a gentleman uh, who wrote Deep State, at, which is based on insurance, and he's written it as fictional, but it's anything but. Um, it's a bestseller right now, and um, he will be on UBN. And it's uh, it's unbelievable. People are psychopathic. They need to just turn towards one another and do exactly what we are standing for. There's enough room for everybody, and that you know, um, as far as the economies and how all of the histories work, and different nation states or different countries, um, we'll definitely be finding out about that. But it's it's just it's too much in the brain. Um, people have to get healthy and turn towards one another now. It's really uh, simple I'm, to unrig every dollar. Myself, myself I'm not going to call psychopathic because I, I don't have uh, the qualification to um, actually put somebody in that category. Um, there's actually somebody on the call here listening this evening that I would love to hear some input from if he has a mic available. Um, pardon the pun. His name is Mike. He's from Tennessee. Are you with us, brother? Yes, I was getting ready to come forward and ask you a question, and I was wanting to ask uh, Keith Little the same question. I was going to direct it to both of you guys. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. What's up, brother? Okay. I mean, I, we haven't talked, we haven't talked in a couple of months, and I miss our conversations because they're oh, actually I know. they make. Yeah, they make me because we have incredible. If people don't know this, me and Brian Parker have incredible talks. It's just unbelievable, and it's like he reads my mind, and we call it reading the mail. You know, me reading each other's mail. It's it's just unbelievable. Okay, that's all I can say. So here's my question: I, I have a car with a regular Tennessee plate on it, and I want to put a private plate on it, and so. I, I know a few avenues to go. One is, you know, if you can put out of their, the DMV's registry, then I can put a private plate on it. And so one way that I've heard is you say that you're taking it out of the country. There's a form you can fill out, and, you know, say that you're send, you're going to sell it to someone in Mexico. Now, then the thing is you can't be on the road, they're saying, with it. It has to be transported on a rollback or shipped, you know. So they're trying to bar you from putting a private plate on it, see, and, you know, enjoying the fruits right here, okay? So my question is, what is a way that I can do this, pull it out of their registry so I can put, uh, you know, I fully own it then so it's private, so I can put my own private plate on it. So Keith Little, I'm going to ask you that question first. What kind of answer would you say? You are this, Keith? I'm, I'm going to pull up a link um, that I did uh, a video on from my YouTube channel on certification is false. When we read the code, we find out that the certification of title is dependent upon your own statement of your intent to perform the functions of public office. 
Without that, the certificate title is false. And all you have to do is give them notice of this. This removes all interest that the state has in that title because of the intent. On that, you turn around and you can make a certificate of trust and name it as trust property. In other words, you can take like a lot of automobile guys do and name the truck or the car. Just give it your own name and name it as the trust property of that name. It, it acts as its, sure, its own surety for the trust. Just like they do when they do that transaction of registration, license, and insurance and all that. It acts as a surety, but then they turn around and because you take tax ownership and insurance payments, you're also a second surety on one side of the contract. There's supposed to be a surety on both sides of the contract. Your side of the contract is the automobile. The state side of the contract is their state trustee. And what they do is they subrogate that through that series of transactions. Just undoing it by letting them know you never made that statement of intent proves that the certificate of title is false and that the state has zero interest, has never acquired any interest because it was was not valid from the beginning. Ab initio, de novo. Okay. Well, they give you some kind of recognition when you send them that notice. They, they're not, so you're just going to have to like maybe enter that into the county recorder that you've done that notice and get a certified copy back and carry that around in your car. Yeah, you're, you're going you're gonna to want to have like a bill of, bill of sale and then your own qualified statement uh, proving to the state that you never certified the automobile to be pledged as a motor vehicle for that intent. And therefore, the certificate of title is false. And this acts as a certificate of trust. It is trust property. The vehicle identification number is the trust identification number because it is the property and it is what holds the name that you give it. Okay. Yeah, I think that would be a simple way to do it right there, wouldn't it? And it, it you know. Okay. Now, Brian Parker, what what would you have a different way of doing it? Yeah. What I would look at is that, that uh, the United States pretty much operates their trust. Everything is a trust. And I've noticed, for instance, I've mentioned this before, um, traveling, I'll see that I switch from one county to another or one township to another. And all of a sudden, that nice smooth road I was on became a rough, freaking nasty, freaking road with potholes. And I'm like, oh, that was interesting. So I would go online and I would look up things. And you'd also notice that that road changed names. Oh, why is that? <laughs> different trusts. And so different trusts get financed different ways. And we have to understand the basic principle of a trust. A trust operates under split title. Your mortgage operates under split title as far as ownership. You have legal title. Uh, the bank has, or the lender has equitable title. Uh, with your car, the car, automobile, whatever you want to call it, 
operates under split title. You have certificate of title in your glove box, which is the legal title, which means you can do the legal things. You can register plates on it, get it fixed, you can sell it, you can dispose of it, whatever. You can do the legal things. Uh, but the state holds equitable title. And the equitable title is the MCO or MSO that when that vehicle is first purchased as a the dealerships are required to send MSO or MCO to the state. And they go and they record it and then they dispose of the paper copy. So, in fact, I've got a playlist on the YouTube channel called Cracking the Vehicle Code. And the first video on there is a girl who did this. And she actually contacted the manufacturer. Here a while back, um, a guy I knew owned a store that sold all various different things that came from different stores. Uh, he, he had gotten a bunch of like, 10 or 12 of these electric like mopeds. Okay. And somebody had brought one back and got their money back for it. They said it didn't work. And he called me up. He said, Brian, I was just thinking of you for some reason. He said, this thing sold for like 250 bucks. He brought it back. He said, my instructions from my boss, you know, from the company, I am supposed to smash it and throw it in the dumpster. He said, do you want it? He said, I'll sell it. I went over and I bought And I took it home and started figuring out why it didn't work. And what I did is I started at the key, where you put the key in and turn it and follow the wiring because it's electric. It's got to be a break in electric. Guess what? The within it took me two minutes i had the thing running and so i went down to the dmv and i just asked him i said what does it take you know can i put this on the road does it have to be plated what do i have to do well if it's over 50 cc's you have to show us the mso mco which is the document from the manufacturer and right then it dawned on me, oh my God, others have the same thing. And that's what this girl did on the video. She went directly to the manufacturer. She got the equitable title, which is the MSO, Manufacturer Certificate of Origin. Some places it's called the MSO, which is Manufacturer's Statement of Origin. And she got that. Once she held both equitable title and legal title, and there was no lien, guess what? She had perfected title. And the state had no interest in the property, bottom line. I would say there's also something else that would be very interesting to do. And I, I've drawn this up. I've got the notes on it. I, I've worked on it for like two years. Because like all these, I don't see something and jump on it right away. No. I study it. And one of the things I've worked on for quite a while is a document where 
you can send the Secretary of State because they're the ones that hold all certificates. They deal with all business. They deal with all commerce. It's a Secretary of State, the secret of Aries, the secret of Aries. Aries, the god of war. This is all about war. This is all about and just send them this letter saying what right or interest do you hold to this property and list the VIN number for your vehicles list the registration number on the certificate of live birth list all your property list your children list your property list the registration number Certificate of life birth. List all of that and ask them what right teller interest do you have on this property? And I think that would be a golden ticket because you'll probably get a letter back from them that says we have no right teller interest to it. We don't care. Well, guess what? That's anything the state would do to come back and say, oh, you owe this or oh, we found you. Oh, hold on. Wait a second. Your boss, the Secretary of State, says, they have no right to other interest to any of this. So what are you doing? You're going in this process. Yep, that is exactly right. Now I'll give you an option that a friend of mine did is he did a DBA through Minnesota, Secretary of State, on on his car. And the only trouble with that is it costed $150 for him to do it. But that is clear. You know, it's got his VIN number on it and everything, and he has a private plate on his car, and the police have pulled him over a couple of times, and he shows them the DBA, and they let him go, no problem. So well, you know what? Mike, even very since Mike, even since you and I talked last, um, I was pulled over, no driver's license, no insurance, no registration, all right, and they let me go. So, yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. different many ways to resolve these situations. I've got a friend that uses 15 USB 1692E alone with no other code, and it represents the fact that if you even try to attempt to issue a warrant, it proves that you're that you're trying to collect a debt. Even if you're trying to issue a traffic citation, you're trying to uh, collect a debt. And therefore, you have to represent it material, materially, factually true from the beginning. Any mistake, and you have nothing but misrepresentation. Well, you better know what you're doing. And okay, have a good day, sir. Yeah, I want to, and I want to add something to Yeah, because this is something that I get confused in. Because I hear people say, well, should I send something to the sheriff or should I send something to this office or that office? This is what I found in my research is that when I was looking at things and looking at United States Code, you know, over and over again, it would always say, according to the secretary or as the secretary allows or Pursuant to declarations of the secretary, everything was about this secretary, this the secret of Aries. You know, Aries got a, It was all about the secretary, and so I thought, well, gosh, that's who I need to do everything to. So, yeah, local anybody because the local people who do they get their information from? Their information is handed down from the secretary, from the secretary of state. So. Everything I did 
was through the secretary of the state I dwell on, which is Florida. Uh, the secretary was the secretary of state activity, which was Michigan, and through the federal secretary, which was Department of State. That's who I sent everything to. I didn't mess with all the lower level people. I just sent it there because I know they put all the information at the top of the line. Nope. I know. And, and Secretary of State is the place. And that's why I guess that DBA is real powerful. You know, as you know, the DBA, if, if it's done properly, is very powerful. Yep. And, and that's why I recommend people to set up their bank accounts under their DBA as a non-interest bearing account. A DBA yep. is like a power of attorney. Yeah, right. That's what it is, see. And well, that is a DBA, what we... A, a DBA is your bank. It's your arm's length. There you go. See, they think they have our power of attorney, okay? And so... Uh, a real powerful thing also would be, a, you know, a durable power of attorney. Fill one of those out and have on there what we're talking about, you know, like uh, a form of a DBA on it. Say that we've, you know, rescinded all contracts, you know, these secret contracts. Like, you know, when you owe, like when you're carrying around a Federal Reserve note, it carries a secret contract with it, you know. Don't we need to do a, a durable power of attorney? Brian? Well, that's what I did with my declaration. And I called it a declaration because I always look at, okay, let's go back to the beginning of everything. What was done? Oh, in the beginning with the USA, what was done? With the Declaration of Independence. Oh, okay. So I need to do my own Declaration of Independence. And so my declaration, that's one of the things that I had stated as well, is that any contracts that knowingly or unknowingly I think we have to lay that out to them. Yeah. Because uh, they little. sneak all these things. We've talked about hidden contracts a lot, Mike. Yes. Okay. And, you know, Keith Little, wasn't you going to uh, do a version of a real good durable power of attorney? Um, I'm working on one right now for my companion. We're getting ready to do her uh, Iowa public employees retirement thing. And it's uh, it's kind of it's going to be interesting because our, we've got a statement here that says that they're running twenty seven thousand some hundred, some odd hundred dollars through her account every month, and she's only going to get seven hundred and fifteen dollars of it. That doesn't sound like that's in good faith and good conscience. I mean, you're using the principal's money to invest and coming back with twenty seven thousand, and only going to give seven hundred and fifteen of it back to the principal. I want to know who these other investors are and why they claim twenty six thousand. Sounds like camper accounts to me. Those are the those are the social security people, the pay the payer and the payee. That's who they are. Yeah. They set it up like yeah, that. Yeah, they well, they're the main. And really, I. They're, they're the main tenants maintaining the record in custody, and they're supposed, they're getting twenty six hundred dollars or twenty six thousand dollars a month to do that. Excuse me? Yeah, that 
Yeah, well, that's why you got to go in and uh, let them know through the SSA. Like I dug around in their palm for a, a long time. Like, what the hell? What kind of what kind of racket do these people have going on? And I was like, oh, let's see, name change assignment. Ooh, look, payor, payee. Yep. And then I started to draw the thing with the Treasury Direct, and I started to see. Yeah, that's the how they first thing the, they. Uh, you know, the, that's the first yeah, thing they do. The Guardian. They do the name change from the regular common English style to the all caps. Mm -hmm. It's the first thing. Well, I uh, I got control of it through the Social Security Administration. It's called uh, name control. It's actually called name control. <laughs> I was like, wow, there it is, right there. And okay, so then I was able to like draw a little, a little schematic of how they set it up, where every uh, every month they have the you know, it's set up for a payor, a payee of the parent and child corporation and how it's related yeah. to the guardianship award through the probate, which also then, of course, you know, what they're doing is they've got this triangular effect going on with the Treasury Direct. And that's where the 31 CFR 363.6 comes in. Yep. It's pretty crazy how they have it set up. but <clears throat> So um, I'm, I'm in the process of because I have a really great power of attorney. Thank you, Robert Michael. He really helped with that. Um, yes. Uh, yes. And, he has awesome writing skills for that as well, folks. If you ever yeah, want, Robert man. Michael. Robert, Hallelujah. Thanks for that, brother. Just like I do you guys too. But I'm just like, like. So for me, I started when I started to realize that, you know, this isn't actually a, this is actually business. These guys are actually truly doing business. And like, where do they have? I want to see. They're the ones if they're administering the state, then that means that they from the top are saying that they have a claim to do it. Okay, good. Onus Barbandi, prove that you were given the power and not me, because I'm pretty sure it was intended for me, that you have the hey, power of returning to administer the state. Oh, oh, we know. It's nothing personal. It's just business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're always, they just want, they're always like, here, bend over. <laughs> but when they, it's nothing oh, personal, there. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the man or woman. It's nothing personal. It has nothing to do with yeah, you. This is just our entities I all freaking each other. No, no, it is personal because it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with my person. So you know, let's get the language straight there. It's a super personal. Like it has to do they with think it. that they have control. Of it has to do with your local person, not yeah. your natural person. Yeah, I get that. You know, well, and then there's like you know the express trust, and there's EINs. I mean, I've been learning a little bit. Thanks. Anyway, I just kind of wanted to bring that up because for anyone who hasn't done just name change, name, name, name control and looking up the payer, the payee, I mean, it's pretty mind boggling, actually. It's like, whoa, these people are brilliant. Anyway, I yelled. <laughs> that's why I say that's why my tagline is always and thank you, Clint Richardson. My tagline is always you're the realm. It means leave. Leave. You don't look back. Leave. That means you don't come back and file lawsuits. It means you just leave. And say, you know what? I know you guys have formed a battlefield here. And to be active here means we are all engaging in battle. And I don't want to be in battle. You guys enjoy your battle. I'm going to walk away from it. And I'm going to live my life. Because more and more you dig in clothes and CFR this and da da da. They're going to have everything. They're going to just connect to something that applies to what they want to do. You know what I mean? 
There's no way to overcome them. So what do you do? You abjure the realm. You just wave goodbye, send them a dear John letter, and you go on your way, and you live in the private. It's so much easier. I want to say something. Well, I just want to, I wanted to, the more I got into this, because I call all of this, like, law remedy schmuck stuff, because so many people have been taken advantage of, but I also understand how many people have been so harmed by this as well, um, their families and everything else and the whole nine yards. So I do understand where people want to go back after them and get them, especially if they're cut, caught in the clutches of them. So I can really relate to that now um, as opposed to where I couldn't before. Well, people want, people want revenge, but what does Scripture say? Scripture says, Revenge, uh, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It's not yours. It's not yours. Because what did they do? They harmed, one, they, they harmed one of his creations. So he's going to take care of it. Don't worry about it. He'll take care of it in the end. It's not so easy when you have been destroyed, destroyed by it. So that's when I started to have a lot of compassion. Because I, I've never understood. I'm a George Carlin person. You know, I'm, I'm more of what's wrong with the people. <laughs> you know what I mean? That we can't turn right. towards each other. But when people have been so ravaged, pretty much they usually get ravaged by their own family members and community members, um, not the government. You know, like they get, by proxy, they get thrown into the systems by their family members and community members. That's well, what here's I the thing. Here's the thing is that the ego comes into play, okay? And the, 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 the ego, I've always said, is your number one attorney because the ego is always looking for someone else to cast the blame on, okay? And that, that's why I've really been able the past few years to stay so calm the things that have happened to me is because I took care of the ego problem. I said, you know what? No, I, I'm not going to let the ego be my attorney. I'm not going to be looking for somebody to blame. I'm going to accept responsibility where the responsibility is due. And I'm going to take care of what I can. At the end, it's going to take care of itself because I know it will. I, I guess. I guess I can see all angles because of how ravaged people have been by their family members and their community members. Um, due to, again, by proxy, you know, it yep. is by proxy because most of the people that are stuck in all of the government systems is due to their family members and or community members or a workplace or, you know, they, it's people doing it to each other. And, well, you know, when it comes right down to it. It goes back to the title of tonight's call, the ties that bind, and what ties you. We, we're, not, we're not tied through our natural uh, sentient being to all this stuff. We're tied to it because we pushed aside our sentient being. Uh, the fictional or artificial person or the hat 
and of that person or act in the capacity of that person or representative something they created you know, and, instead of being what we were supposed to be you know the, like I always say in Germany, it, right there it was laid out I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb um, before born, I set you apart I pointed to you you know, it, we were given our jurisdiction before we were even born. And then once we come into this world, we accept what Rome has given us. Well, we oh, were no. under Roman law once again. <clears throat> yeah. And, yeah and, I, have, I have the highest empathy of why people are very upset, but they're in the conditions that they are at the hands and the clutches of the Romans, if that's what you want to call them, due to their family members and or people in their community and to know nobody else. It's, so not, due, it, it's, no, it's not due to their family members in the community. It's due to them accepting what their family members in their community tell them instead of thinking critically for themselves. Exactly. Yeah, because, you know, like this killing vaccine, there's people that will take it just because their neighbors have taken it just to get along, you know, and they're wearing the mask just to get along. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, if the, what if the people before they got on the freaking trains or whatever in Germany said, you know what? No, I'm not going to do what everybody else is doing. I'm not going to do just to get along. No, I'm going to stand up for myself and say this is bullshit. Well, that's not yeah, very popular, right? nowadays okay they they'll just do anything to get along you know it, it america's not it's it's it just under mind control well they had help uh, the toxins certainly don't help and we have a, we have a thousand forever chemicals running through us right now um that doesn't help but you know it's it's just it's got to stop i mean we have to turn towards one another that's all in my opinion well, Nobody wants to stand for themselves, and that's one of the things I've said for a very long time that I noticed looking at human behavior is that that word no and that word mine was beat out of us when we were three or four years old. Because when we were three or four years old, we used to say no. We used to say mine. But guess what? That got taken away from us. There was no more no. There was no more mine, not yours. And until we put that back into our vocabulary again, then, yeah, people are just going to do the go-along-to-get-along thing. Well, I've noticed, again, when I wasn't trying to say everybody's a psychopath, but I've pretty much, you know, the world has grab, it's grab-and-go, what, what, what's in it for me. Um, they don't fool their vibrations to elevate one another at all, um, at all. And uh, they, they stamp on opportunities because they think they're going to grab the next best thing. I mean, you, do you know what I'm saying? So I, yeah. I put it back on the people. I put it back on the people, not the evil, evil overlords. And I don't think it's just going along to get along. I think there's a couple uh, trajectories here, such as people are terrified. Um, and then the other is just, you know, poisons that are in people that give them any spectrum of grab and go, you know, better than grab and go stuff. 
It will exist for the lack of good people doing anything about it. I think, yeah, I, think, I think you're large. I think you're largely correct in that because it, we can't. We have to get over this. Quit blaming others and realize that the only way to redemption is forgive, seeking forgiveness for our own mistakes while forgiving others for theirs. Again, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and our duty is forgiveness. I yield. That is forgiveness, but I think it's also action because love is in action, you know, and there's so much we can do right around us. Well, the word love is commitment, okay? So you got to commit to doing the right thing. That's yeah, one. And, and see, people are in their lazy exactly. zone. They, they not wanting to better themselves. They, they're, and the TV has taught this. Okay, you know, people like you're saying want to just grab and go. Okay, and they've been taught this. And if if you watch that show, Etiology, that came out in 2006, it really shows this. You know that people have just really given up and they just do whatever to get along. And they've been trained to do this. And people's just got to break the mind control and look at their self, self-assess and better their self. You know, us on the phone here tonight, you know, on this call, have, have used self-discipline and it's changed our world. They're just going to have to start using self-discipline. It's, that's it, you know? It's the key. Well, I think there's categories oh, my. on that. The, the 40 and unders really are, are clueless. And you're going to be hearing a lot from them because there is a, a real big split in those with, with serious anxiety, those on, on the left that are completely insane, and those on the right that are insane also but are a, a little bit better if that makes any sense so there's there's, well, there's my, different age there's different different things going on where we need to get really talking to real people instead of media being tied down um we have to we have to hear it from real people that are going through it well mike mike brought up self-discipline and it, we should look at that uh if you look at the one world government which is the united Nations, Okay. People, everybody's like looking out. Oh, we got to make sure this one world government doesn't come. Yeah, it came in in the freaking 1940s. Okay. It's called the uh, United Nations. <clears throat> and that was one thing that everything we're told is the opposite. We're told Russia is our enemy. We're told. And if you go and look at the United Nations, look who the charter members the founding members of the United Nations are. It's Russia, China, the United States, England. I mean, come on. Well, they're all in bed together. We're enemies? No, they're not enemies. They're all freaking pulling the same scam on everybody. And you look at the documents of the United Nations and what do they always accept? They always accept the right of self-determination. That is always held highest. And so that's what you have to say. Self-determination. Go back to Joshua. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what everybody right, else is doing. 
We were making a choice. The UPU was actually came first, Brian. I don't mean to correct you, but the UPU came first. Well, the UPU also they also recognize the right of self determination. Yeah, that's a separate organization. So when you start talking about servicing and do service a process, I mean that always comes to mind, especially being a postal apostle. I'm sorry. So you know, those are just my two thoughts on that. Two cents. Put it on a stamp. Stick it on. Hey, Thanks, Al. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I got one more thing to uh, point out here, and you know, I know you're aware of what I'm getting ready to say, but but it's worth mentioning, okay? And I'm going to direct this to Keith Little and you too, Brian Parker, okay? I listened to a, a gentleman who's real, real intelligent about 30 days ago, and he said that we have tr two trains of thought, okay? Right, there is what thing is and what they should be, okay? That's the two trains of thought. And so when you, you get into this, what it should be, it's like when I get on the interstate, there's all this traffic, and I go, well, it should be, you know, that I can go to Chattanooga without anybody been in the way you know there's five lanes here i should be able to go here and should be able to do this well that's a waste of time to say what should be what is is what really matters okay what is is that okay when i get on the interstate i am going to face this traffic so if if i've got to i need to start 10 minutes early if that's what i got to do to make the journey okay. you know in other words what you got to focus on is what things is you know like it is is my job working like i want it what it should be okay it should be is is just a wish that's that's worthless what something actually is is what matters in life and so people are are focused way too much on oh it should be this way oh it should be this way my marriage should be this way no Amen. You're wasting your time worrying about a should be. What is your marriage? Okay. What do you is need to do to work it out? See? And so when he said that, it's just like, man, that is amazing right there. Why would I want to run around worrying about what things should be when I need to direct on what things is and work on that? You know, everything's about what is. You see what I'm saying, guys? You know what, Mike? You, you bet, you know what? And, and I'm going to refer to the Bible every time. I, I post it in the comment section. Read that, Ecclesiastes. Go ahead, Brian. Well, no, you're talking about Ecclesiastes. What you? Well, he was talking about what is. And Ecclesiastes... Um, uh, what is it? One nine. It says it is the thing that hath been is, is it is that which shall be and that which is done is that which shall be done. There is no new thing under the sun. So one of the favorite comments in regards to this, anytime anyone wants to make an incident as a public trustee, a simple question is, are you a man? They can't deny it. Put you in equal station in life under Ecclesiastes 1, verse 9. We're both men. We were created as men. Let's start there. Do not add unto the word of God or take away from it. Now what do you have to say? Well, according to the statute, well, that's adding on to the word of God. 
see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? It does. Because that's one of the things that frustrates me the most is people looking at what is compared to what should be. And I constantly see in the Patriot community, everybody talking about the de facto government. It's not de jure. It's a de facto. No, no, no. That way, blah, blah, blah. We Hold on a second. If it's de facto, that means it is what exists. It is the matter of fact. It is what's happening today. So guess what? Who cares what you think should be? Deal with what is. Exactly. Anyway, right. go ahead. Exactly the way we should be directing this, and that way we're not running around in circles. Yeah, you got to deal with right. what is, make it what it should be if there's something wrong. The record must reflect accurately. You said that exactly yeah. right, Chief Little. See, that's why I was directing this to you two guys, because when, when you focus on this, that's how you get things accomplished is when you focus. If you're splintering, like worrying about what something should be, you're splintering. But when you say what it is, you're focused on the problem at hand. Yeah, if you're worrying about what should be, if you're worrying about what should be, then all you're doing is complaining. And you can complain yeah. all day long. And you know what? It's just like here a couple of years ago. I ran into a woman that I know who was the head secretary for lieutenant governor for the state of Florida. And I was like, hey, how you doing? You know, and I was like, I was just up by your office the other day. And she goes, oh, what were you doing up there, protesting? And I started laughing. And I said, what do you mean protesting? I said, protesting is like a bunch of freaking little kids throwing a fit on the floor. And then mom and dad sent them back to the freaking room without freaking dinner. And she started laughing. She said, you know, that's exactly how we see it. It's, it's pretty maniacal, but I, I just want to interject. If you suffer the people to be ill-educated or poisoned and their manners become corrupted from their infancy and then punish them for those crimes for which their first educations dispose them, what else is to be concluded from this but that you first make them thieves and then punish them? Well, I think that was kind of uh, the setup. That's uh, uh, Sir Thomas More. Yep, and so Edward Mandel, Edward Mandel House. Same thing. He, people, there are certain people that know this stuff, and they set this system to operate a certain way. You are correct. We were taught to oh, harm a- one another, and with these poisons, uh, people have got to get toxins out. So I don't know. I don't know. It's up to us. Here's it's only a- us to save us. A lot of these poisons, even, you know, you look at the jab or the sticker today, okay? These poisons, everything is really done under your own consent. It's all voluntary. All these things have all been done voluntary. And this goes back, like I said, to the type of this call, the ties that bind. These ties, we have all done voluntarily. You don't have to do them to exist. But they were done anyway. We did them voluntarily. We voluntarily put ourselves into slavery. 
And so what do you need to do? You need to unvolunteer. You need to abjure the realm uh, and unvolunteer even, even with the poisons that are given you. Pay attention to what you're buying at the grocery store. Read the labels. You know what? Look at the look at the foods in the produce section. I, I took my mom actually to a natural food store, and we're in the produce section. And she said, "The produce here doesn't look very good. The oranges aren't as big and bright. Uh, the cucumbers aren't as large." I said, "Yeah, I know, because they're natural. You don't have additional shit put into them." Just I said, "This is what you would have grown if you grew it in your own garden." instead of buying it from these big box stores. And that kind of makes things I never even thought about that. You know what I mean? And so we are we are putting all of these poisons into us voluntarily. We are volunteering into the system. It's not being forced on us. We're we're we are willingly volunteering into it. We're willing idiots whole other other game because your um your organic stores are selling the same thing as your regular stores but that's a whole ball game that we've got and we there's apps out there and vetted vetted places that you can get chemical free stuff from but it's it's not your whole paycheck and it's not your i mean even in farmers markets, they don't care. If you buy a vending table, you can go into that local grocery store and stick your own rubber band around. I'm talking this is bad. So, yeah, you got to know where you're getting your food from. This is part of what I'm Correct. I'm sorry, Brian. You keep cutting out. I said this is part of what Unguru will help you with. Yes. Yes. Because we have the vetted people to buy from by state. By state. Lab tested. You don't need to go grocery shopping anymore. You need to order from, okay. from these places. Yep. You can go to trusted places, and Unguru will help you find those trusted places. And uh, anyway, we're for an hour and a half, push an hour and a half, at least more than 20 minutes. And I try and keep these podcasts at about that length of time because if anybody looks at a freaking podcast, it's three hours which is stupid. If I see a three-hour podcast, what I do is I go to it, and I go to the last hour of it because that's where normally you find the best info. Um, <laughs> honest to God, that's always the way it works. Even YouTube's. You see a YouTube that's like five hours long? Good. Go to that freaking five-hour-long YouTube, skip past the first three or four hours, and listen to the end because then you're going to really start finding the meat. You know? Um, Hopefully we can get all of be out there so people can have these living room discussions on a Saturday night because look at how nice everybody's been here and and, have, and has been able to express themselves. I mean, yeah, enough, you know, talk, get her done. Right? Pre-educational call, as usual. 
Yep, that's what I love this podcast. A lot of talk shows, you've got so many people like stepping on each other. You can't make a being said. And I, I think um, the calls here on Matrexit have been excellent. And like I said, I, I got a good confirmation of it. Before we start the recording, I'm this. I had a wonderful call yesterday from a woman in the Ukraine. She's in her 70s. And I talked to her and she said that she's been following these podcasts. And other people in Ukraine have been too. And they are researching the same questions. They have, they want to know the same thing we're talking about. And I was like, this is so cool because people think that, oh, everything is different all over the world. No, it's not. The mindset is really the same. People don't realize that. And yeah. this is why I want to reiterate this. And I've got to say this every call that who they really are, where they're really from, and where they're really at, because you've been deceived on all of those things. Well, what were you going to say, Mike? Yeah, you know, uh, the questions that these people are asking are universal. You know, that's why the lady from London is, is tapping in here because they have the same problem like the automotive question, uh, land question, and what it is that's you know, finding people, you know, it's universal questions. Yeah. Well, I agree with you, Mike. Well, you know, sit in and, and have these living room discussions so people can go about their businesses is a wonderful thing because you have every law remedy schmuck out there and you don't know who to trust. What, what I was finding interesting in my conversation with her in the Ukraine was that all the things that she thought and their people thought that the government of Ukraine was doing, when they researched it, they found it was actually the United States that was behind all of it. And I was like, one of the things people need to realize is that the Ukraine is the breadbasket. It is the Kansas of Europe. Okay? And so you go back to things that Henry Kissinger said. You control the food, you control the people. And you look at what's happening right now, this is something I'm not expressing enough. I've been saying this for over two years, and I don't think it's clicking with you. But if you want to pay attention, if you want to see what's coming, your direct look at the fringes of society. Look at the fringes of nations. Look at what's been happening. People are protesting more food. Okay? What's been happening... Now, in the last week or so in um, the UK, what's happening in Britain? They are protesting. What? Over food. Their shelves are emptying. What do you think is going to come to America next? I'm telling people right now, stock up on your rice, your beans, all your stuff, because I've been watching the shelves, and I've watched the go from 10 feet long to 3 feet there was 15 feet of whole grain breads to now there's three feet of whole grain breads and the rest of it is all white bread crap. It's coming. Yeah, Brian, aren't they protesting pretty heavy now in Australia? The people have woke up in Australia now. 
Dude, I saw a, I saw a video a couple days ago. I think it was Australia, where there was a lineup of people in the grocery store that was over two miles long. And I'm not talking about two miles long of cars. I'm talking about people standing in line for two miles, over two miles, waiting to go into the grocery store. How much food do you think is going to be in that grocery store by the time the people at the end of the line get Yeah, because, see, when I go to the stores here, especially like Walmart, you always will find sections where there's not any food. It's like they're priming people here already about having nothing on the shelves at Walmart. So, you know, they keep it in the back purposely. They're not putting it out, and and so people better wake up. There's getting ready to be a, a food shortage here in America. I, I've been if saying for over two years now. Yeah. You get your blocks ready. Where where I live in West Palm Beach, and then we have a, a farm winery HOA in Georgia. But where I live in West Palm Beach, um, our six-block radius is completely connected. And we did look for the um, best MRE supplies. And, um, you know, things like that. And for the most part, there's a group of us that connect everybody and make sure the elderly are okay and make sure the kids are okay. Um, so we just kind of went under the guise of hurricanes because people are extremely scared, you know? So if everybody took care of their blocks, it, again, it goes back to it, it would be okay. Oh, yeah, you have to take care of your neighborhood. I've said that for a long time. You have to take care of your tribe. I mean, that was the problem with the Holy Roman Empire and conquering that was that it was all tribal. That's the problem that generals would tell you with, uh, you know, taking over the Middle East. It's that so much is tribal. They don't know who any really is. And so, yeah, taking care of your tribe is extremely important. But, you know, like I've said for past years, even, I would go into Walgreens. Go into Walgreens and really pay attention. They'll have little sections in the shelves that are closed off with a big piece of cardboard that'll have an advertisement on it. Well, what is that? You're looking at substance that's empty because there's this big piece of cardboard over it. And I went and I measured one store here, and I measure that was empty. That is a lot of shelf space to have empty in your retail store. Why was that? Because they can't get the product. Where do most of these products come from? Most of our products are coming from China. Yeah, and you know yeah. when you do your, when you do connect your blocks. You know, you, you got to understand that there are varying different views. Some are vaccinated, some are not. Stop arguing. Stop arguing. Some, some are Democrats, some are Republicans. Everybody gets along here. Don't, don't argue over simple stuff. Yeah. And, and I would say, and let's close this out. Uh, we've been here for an hour and a half now. I'm going to close this out, but Keep in mind, if something was to go down, what would you do? What would you have of value? 
And if something really went down, say, food-wise, and people really needed food, because when it comes right down to it, and this is what they've done in North Korea. In North Korea, they figured out that you can keep people from uprising against the government if you keep them hungry. Because what they're going to do is they're going to spend all their time looking for food. Being self-sustained is going to be the important thing. Being alive is going to be the important thing. They're no longer going to be paying attention to what the government's doing. All right? So you look at what's really going to be of value, and it's going to be food. So buy a bunch of freaking $1 bags of red beans or black beans from the dollar store. That's going to be value. That's going to be money. That's what people are, are going to want. That's going to be what you're going to use in transactions and build a supply of that. Yeah, canned food. Exactly. But uh, 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 a bag, a $1 bag of red beans is enough food to feed three or four people for a couple days, believe it or not. Yeah, that's the economical way to do it, like you said. Go there to say the dollar store or something, you know, and get a bag of something like that beans, rice, whatever, you know. That $1 bag of, of rice or beans um, could purchase you weapons that they own. It could purchase you a vehicle they own, believe it or not, because they will give up anything just to have food, just to stay alive. Bottom line, that's the way it works. People don't what has happened in other African countries over the last kind of few hundred years. That's the way it works. Yeah, I know. And, and like you were they tested that in Russia years ago, you know, with the, with the grain shortage. You know, people were, was, you know, a lot of people died because of them restricting the food. Well, I've been watching so, the food thing for four or five years, and I first saw it in Japan. The people in Japan were bitching because they couldn't get whiskey. Now, you, you look at Japan, for instance, and um, the Asian they rely on wheat and barley and grains for anything? No, they, they eat rice. They, they use wheat and barley and grains and stuff like that for their whiskey. They weren't able to freaking get the wheat and grains and stuff like that for their whiskey. And so they were bitched they had a whiskey shortage. When I started seeing that, I was the prince of society. And, oh my God, is this the precursor of what's coming? And I've been watching this step by step. And now, a couple of months ago, I saw, you know, Cuba is uprising. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I see people in Britain and other countries are uprising over food. I'm like going, guess what? It's going to be us. I was just going to mention Cuba on that because Cuba used to be uh, self-sustaining when they were under uh, international sanctions by the government of the United States. And until Obama released that sanction, what was it, 2002 or something, uh, or uh, 2008 or something, uh, whenever it was, he, he removed those sanctions. And all of a sudden, within a certain, I think less than a decade, now look at them. 
they're dependent on an international market for their food source, and, and that's why they complain. They they gave up yep. the control of the supply and demand. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what? Remember when the shut down here for this COVID nonsense, and you know all the restaurants were Close closed up. down, everything. But guess what? Sam's Club and Costco's and Walmart was was allowed to stay open, and the tobacco and alcohol places were allowed to stay open. Okay, you know, and that's to keep the riding down, I suppose, right? Well, Mike, Mike, I told everybody a year ago why Costco and Sam's were able to stay open. Do you remember that? No, I forgot. What was it? The reason why freaking Sam's Club, and I'm surprised that yeah, 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 because they're private. Yeah, they're private negotiations. Yeah, exactly. That's right. They have, they have a responsibility to each other. That's right. They have this separate contract, you know, and that reminds me when we were talking about automobiles, if a trust or a church owns the automobile, there's a right there and can the state get involved with saying they have an interest in the car if a, a trust or a church says they have the ownership uh, just make it easy get the MSO get the, yeah, keep both titles, yep. titles. Yep. anyway yep. Um, yeah thanks everybody tonight and a plethora of information we could go on for like five more hours talking. I know we could, especially with Mike here. Mike and I can go on forever. Yeah. Um, but, we did. You know, you know, but, you know, this call tonight, it's all about untying the ties that bind. And we have to pay attention to the ties that bind. And what it really comes down to is we're using their stuff. I've had plenty of people that have sent me their audios of when they're in court and they're trying to argue jurisdiction. And well, the one thing that comes down to is the court say, what's your registration for or where you live use the bank? They're looking for the tenants. I, I remember one of my favorite, and I wish I could find it. If you can find it, please send it to me. There was a episode on Judge Judy where a girl was trying to sue her boyfriend over a vehicle and making payments on it. And Judge Judy asked the boyfriend, the, the ex-boyfriend, she asked him, well, where do you live? He said, well, you know, sometimes I stay here, sometimes I stay there. And she said, okay, well, where do you work at? He said, well, I do what I got to do. I help out some friends. I help out some friends there. You know, and at the end of it, Judge Judy turned to the girl and she said, I have to dismiss the case. He's not giving me the answer I need to hear. What was the answer that Judge Judy needed to hear? Jurisdiction. Jurisdiction. Where exactly. it was the, because he was not participating in the system. That's right. So he, what's he the didn't have a bank account. He didn't have a residence, and he didn't have employment. Okay, that's the nexus. Yep. Quit participating yep. in the system. Yep, and look up the arm's length doctrine and use that because that's what I've used. All right, guys. Yep. Until next Sunday night, everybody be blessed. Thank you, Keith. Thanks, Mike.
Yep, thanks, Brian. Thanks, Keith. Yep, if it weren't for you guys, I wouldn't be doing this. God bless and love you. Good night. See you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.